Blog Talk Radio. Hi, everyone. Welcome to the Born to Talk Radio Show. I'm your host, Marsha Witeka. Conversations plus connections equals community. Those are my three C's. The heart of my show is what's your story? It's my belief we all have stories. Some are similar, others are uniquely different. Storytelling brings the passions of my guests to life through our conversations. So be prepared to be entertained, informed, and inspired. Welcome to today's show. Hello, everybody. Welcome to the first episode in 2024 with my guest, Devin Moore. Devin is the founder of Race to Speak Up. This is an anti-bullying organization, and he's also the author of Devin Speaks Up. Welcome to the show, Devin. Hi. Thank you for having me. Oh, I'm, I, I think you have such an impactful story, and I am just delighted that you're spending this time with me. But before we get into what it is you do, I think you have a very interesting background. So could you just please tell our listeners a little, little bit about yourself? Yeah, of course. And thank you again for having me. Hi, everyone. My, my name my name is Devin Moore. I am the founder and CEO of Race to Speak Up. This is an anti-bullying organization. So I founded Race to Speak Up when I was 14 years old. I'm currently 19 years old, but... I founded it when I was 14 after going through a lot of racist bullying, and I knew that that was wrong. I knew I wanted to do something to help others who were going through that pain of bullying, and that led me to starting that platform, Creating Race to Speak Up, to educate others through my Race to Speak Up Against Bullying workshops, through speaking at schools, companies, organizations, you name it, I've I've spoken at it, actually. (laughs) And then beyond that, I'm the author of Devin Speaks Up, as it was mentioned. That's the children's anti-bullying book. Um, And I wrote that just because I really wanted to give students a tool that they can bring back into their own environment and learn, just easily learn about what bullying can look like, um, what an upstander is, someone who supports the target of bullying, diversity, how to embrace our beautiful differences, and then just grow with a message of unity. Mm-hmm. Before I start asking you a few questions, you do need to mention that on top of all of that you just said, that isn't the only thing you do. You're currently a student, aren't you? Where, where are you going to the University of? Yes, so I go to the University of Maryland. I'm currently a sophomore. I'm studying psychology with a minor in nonprofit leadership. <sighs> Do you ever get a chance to take a break? <laughs> oh my gosh, I, I'm. Uh, uh, that's youth, everybody. That this is quite impressive, and I would just um, say to all of you that are that are listening to this podcast, there's a he has a lovely uh, website, and it's simply race r a c e two t o speak up dot com. He also has a dot org, and we'll be talking about that as well. But let's start off by talking about um, race to speak up. Tell us, tell us about what, how that all got started. What, tell us what this organization is about. 
Yeah, so, I mean, I know I mentioned or I talked about before, like, the reason why I started it was because of the racism that I went through. But I really, I really was looking for a couple of different ways to really create a platform to further educate others. So what I started doing was I was, um, I was, I was actually the one that was reaching out to a couple of different schools, a couple of different places to really start speaking about bullying in these different forms. I would speak about cyber, physical, verbal, and social bullying. And so it wouldn't only be that. It would be me also speaking on radio shows. I've even spoken at churches before, too. And then mm-hmm. other organizations. And then it kind of just grew from there. Um, I also became Suffolk County's first youth anti-bullying task force leader. So that was in front of, that was with all youth who were creating a list of anti-bullying recommendations for Long Island schools. So that was cool, literally. And then it just kept growing. I started partnering with other organizations, Humanity Rising, Parents Against Bullying, the Bullying Buddy, literally a bunch of different organizations. Stuff. And then mm-hmm. also working with them through our uh, video challenges, our collaborations, our Race to, I have my Race to Speak Up podcast. I have them on there, too, where I'm speaking to other entrepreneurs behind the scenes behind the cyberbullying webinar, um, creating an anti-cyberbullying curriculum. Um, like, the list kept going on and on, and luckily I was able to really go from there, gaining more speaking opportunities because I'm very passionate about speaking in front of as many people as I can about this bullying epidemic. So luckily we was able to grow and then be, and then like Devin Speaks Up was a part of the process. I officially released Devin Speaks Up in October of 2022. If you guys don't know, October is National Bullying Prevention Month. So I released it then. So it's been over a year now, actually. Now we're in 2024. That's pretty cool. Right. But yes. that was when I, and it's funny because I released that when I was a freshman in college and now I'm a sophomore which really isn't far from being a freshman, but I'm like, you know, still going on that college. And so, but yeah, that's where Race to Speak Up started with all that and just continuing to do a lot of uh, the speaking work. And then also, it's not just me speaking, it's me learning from the students and the parents and anyone Mm -hmm. that I've worked with. So they've helped me grow too. They've definitely helped me grow too. You know, it's, it's interesting because if you watch the news, um, you see that sometimes this is uh, a, a lead story that, I mean, it was just a lead story this past week in Idaho. And, um, and it, it's, it's, it's really sad, I, I think, for parents that are listening to this podcast and they're thinking, this, this happened to my son or my daughter or my grandson or my, da- or my granddaughter. You know, this isn't... This isn't just in one location. This this goes everywhere, and I think awareness is so very important. So what actually inspired you to create it to start with? After going through that bullying, I also would see, I remember I would go on social media a little bit, even though I didn't like social media at that time either, but I went on social <laughs> media, and also I, I looked at the news, and I would see a lot of stories about students, these kids who were killing themselves because Mm -hmm. they felt there was no way out of the bullying. And to that, I said, no. I said, we need to do something. So that's really, that was the main moment with where I was like, okay, I need to create something. I need to do something over here. And then 
then it just turned into race to speak up. It turned into really educating others, really growing from there, really supporting as many people as I could. Mm-hmm. Well, so you mentioned a little earlier that you have your own bullying story. If you don't mind, would you would you share what you experienced? Yes. Yeah, so when I was in middle school, um, it was these three white boys who decided to, they were pushing me in the hallway. They were calling me some very inappropriate slurs I'm not going to be saying on your podcast. They okay. were saying, yeah, they were doing a lot of craziness. It was also cyberbullying. Uh, I'm not going to get too, too into that, but it was mm-hmm. racism. Like, all of it was racism. All of it was them meaning to put me down and hurt me. So that's what happened, and it was a hard thing to go through. I mean, imagine a 14-year-old Devin who is an extrovert who always loves talking to people, turning into a 14-year-old Devin who didn't want to talk to anyone um, because they were so scared because what, 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 what's going to happen next, but knew to speak up to my parents. But the only reason why I did continue speaking up and I was able to get back into that feeling comfortable with talking to people is because I knew how important it is or I know how important it is to educate others and to keep sharing my story so that others know that they're not alone. So you did share this with your parents. Did I understand that correctly? Oh, yeah, yes, that's correct. I told my parents. Did you mention anything at your, did your parents and you, did you speak to anybody at your school where this was going on? Oh, yeah, that's a whole other side of the story. We spoke up to the school, but basically they just turned a blind eye to our pain. They was acting as if nothing was happening, trying to send me, or they did send me back to class. There was not, there was a lot of different, there was a couple of other things I don't think I should share info on, but basically they was just downplaying a lot of what was going on. And so, because we definitely made sure we went to that school and told them what was going on. And I had evidence. Sure. I showed them all of what they were doing. So, but it, just, wow. it wasn't. That must, yeah. yeah. Devin, that must have been really scary. That must have been really scary. I, I honestly, I as a as a mom of two kids that was very involved in the schools while my children went from kindergarten through high school, you know, I didn't, I really wasn't aware of bullying going on back in those days, back in the in the um, 80s and 90s, but undoubtedly it did. I just, I guess I just wasn't aware of it. So how do you cope with the fact that such traumatizing experience happened to you at such a young age? Well, it's definitely not something easy to cope with. I'll definitely tell you that. I'm not going to downplay mm-hmm. it at all. But what I would, do, or what I did do is, and I'm actually very happy and appreciative uh, that my family and I were able to do this, but we started doing therapy, or really I started, they put me through therapy, which I wanted and needed. So I started going uh-huh. to therapy. I started really, really talking about what I was going through and how I felt. And it helped me work through a lot of things. It's just mm-hmm. still, like, I'm a, I'm a sophomore in college right now, but yet I still have anxiety when I see certain people that remind me of, you know, what those boys look like. You know, it's still something that uh, makes me feel uncomfortable at times. And even, like, I remember there were certain things that, those, things that those boys had said to me. So if I hear something that possibly sounds like certain things that they said, it would make me feel uncomfortable in myself. But that's, luckily, that's only, like, 
a small part of it. I used to be, there, there, I had so much paranoia, even more anxiety than I have right now. There was a lot that I was going through at that time, and it wasn't even only me. It was my family. But luckily, sure. therapy was a conversation. This organization having me speak over and over again about my, really share my story, that also did help, too, um, because it, like, kind of helped me work through a couple of things as well as just sharing it and then also hearing other people share their story with me. Things like that is mm-hmm. what helped me. Knowing that I'm not alone, it helped me. I bet. So what has this journey been like for you from where you were in middle school to where you are today? It's been honestly a really good experience. I've learned a lot. I've learned I've definitely made a couple of mistakes, but I definitely mm-hmm. have learned a lot, you know, just from how to speak to people, how to run a podcast, how to run an organization, even an LLC, how to um, how to kind of just partner with other organizations, because how do you even do that, too? You know, like, I have luckily have been learning a lot. I've gained a lot of insight from parents, teachers, grandparents, too. That's another thing that's pretty interesting. Children sure. of all ages, too. Some college students, high school students, not even just high school students that I've spoken to, but when I was in high school, my actual peers, they have given me insights, too. They've told me a couple. Every time I would say something I was doing later that night, like, oh, I have a uh, event that I'm hosting, and you should totally come because, you know, like, you should come. They would start telling me about a lot of the things that they went through in the past, a lot of the bullying experiences that they unfortunately went through or even the unfortunate suicidal ideations that a couple of them were telling me about, too. It was a hard time. It was definitely a hard time for – it's been a hard time for a lot of people. The way that I've grown and learned from other activists, other entrepreneurs and business leaders, that's definitely helped. I know what to kind of say and what to gear towards different communities. It's been a really good experience, I would say. Just a lot of work, but you know what? fine if I get to do what I like and also Mm -hmm. time management is part of it but as long as I'm helping other people and and, you know so I I, what what you just described to me is a win-win because you win by giving and you win by getting and I think the more that this subject is discussed and let's face it my kids are obviously much much older than you uh, there there wasn't social media back then. People didn't know other people's business. It was a much different time. Um, but, you know, whether it's racism, whether it has to do with gender identity, a lot of different ways um, people are bullied today, and they don't just do it at in the cafeteria. It goes across all these platforms, and that makes it, all the more traumatizing, I'm sure, when you when I think about it that way. But what I would like to be, would you agree that that's probably very true? I think it's definitely very different um, compared to, like, years ago and comparing it to now because of cyberbullying, yes. I would agree with yeah. that. I know that, like, even with my dad, because um, he's in his 50s, so... He told me, like, once he would go back home, I mean, of course, racism, like, he is a black man, so racism was definitely a big aspect Mm -hmm. even in his life as well, and especially during that time. But he said that when it came to bullying that was happening in schools, once he would go home, um, 
it would like he would he would be home and like the bullying wouldn't be happening anymore because he those people that were hating on him are not in his home environment. Now it's like okay, they can find your whole life and then put that on the internet and then like harass you, stalk you, bully you, all these things online. It's a terrifying thing, um, the internet. But I think it also could be used for. I think the internet can be used for good. That's what we need to use it for. But unfortunately, people just take that false sense of security behind that screen, and then they just run with it. You bet. You bet, because this is the positive side. So when you think back to these years, and I know it, you know, we're just we're talking five years ago, but what's been the most rewarding part of your journey? I always say the most rewarding part of my journey is when a student comes up to me and they tell me, either they tell me, Zevin, um, I'm going to speak up to my teacher now, and then later on that teacher, that principal reach, or that counselor reaches out to me, and they say, mm. um, you know, so-and-so told me that they were speaking to you after the event, and uh, they really appreciate it, or so-and-so really was, like, appreciating what you said, and they spoke up to me, and we're helping them now. That, bring, that type of stuff where they're saying I'm going to speak up um, and I'm going to help myself or I'm going to help my classmate, my friends, those are the types of things that really brings a warmth to my heart. Those are the types of things that is really rewarding for me. I'm sure. I'm sure that's true. So um, like any, um, you're an entrepreneur, but what's, what has been some of the most challenging parts of what you've been doing? The challenging parts would be um, kind of making a couple of mistakes with, like, because how do you run an organization, you know? So there's definitely mm-hmm. been a little bit, again, I, I've worked with other organization leaders, so they've helped me a lot. So I've been really good with that. Um, but And then also kind of starting new things, like how do you set up an LLC so that you get paid for when you're, you know, doing um, events? Mm-hmm. Or, like, how do you how do you kind of, like, market yourself? You know, are you marketing yourself correctly? I remember I had to rebrand to make sure that I'm really marketing towards certain audiences. Audiences, And that's actually – that part has actually been pretty cool, remarketing myself. But kind of, like, those, like, smaller things, those child and error type of things, that's really kind of been more of the harder part. So – and then also I would say if a, if a school or a person or someone – doesn't acknowledge that, like, I've seen certain people who have not acknowledged the fact or just completely said, oh, no, we don't have racist, oh, me. we don't have bullying here. Oh, that, boy. That's the type of thing where it's like, if you if you feel the need to quickly be defensive about it and say that you don't have it, then we really should assess what's actually going on. Do you have it? Or are you, like, is this a projecting type of moment? Is this a just being on the defense for no reason because you want to keep up with your um, nice uh, reputation. Like, what is it really, what's really happening? So that's been, there's a couple of stories that even other anti-bullying activists have told me that they've gone through. Luckily, I haven't experienced that really much, but I'm very much aware of when certain people, because there have been certain people who have said it, but, like, still, and, like, when talking to me, but, like, still, it's just, Luckily, I'm able to open people's eyes. I don't really experience that much, so that's a good thing. But luckily, I'm able to <laughs> open people's eyes. Well, I think that, that that's important. And because you have been on both sides of this fence, it, it gives you um, authenticity. You're not just um, doing this because you know that there's 
cyberbullying out there or there's whatever kind of bullying out there, you actually experience this. And maybe your bullying was racism, somebody else's bullying may have been something else. Um, it could be religion. I mean, there's a lot going on right now in the world. We know that. And um, it, it, it could just be you're a girl and and all these girls are standing at their locker looking at you and going, God, she's ugly. Look at her hair. Look at what she's wearing. You know what I mean? It could be such a, a variety of ways of making somebody feel so inferior and frightened and it's just it's a terrible thing and i was just curious what what types of bullying stories are students sharing with you what what are you hearing from students i feel like there's a range honestly but the things that i've heard are things like um oh um jimmy kept pushing me in the hallway and the teachers weren't uh, seeing it. He would always make sure that the teachers weren't seeing it. They kept pushing me. They kept hurting me. Then they started cyberbullying me. It had to be to the point where my parents took me out of the school. Separation. I always hate hearing, like, the parents had – I'm not I'm, – this is nothing against the parents. I just hate hearing this where the parent um, mm-hmm. has to take them out of the school because – that should not be the case. No, the bully, the one exhibiting that bullying behavior, they need to be the one that is either held accountable, told, okay, you're, what you're doing, no, you need to stop that. If you continue to do that, here's the punishment. Or, you know, here's the punishment for what you already have been doing. How dare you mm-hmm. hurt the student? How dare you continuously hurt the student? And this is wrong. Tell them that this is what, what they're doing is, in fact, wrong. So, those are kind of a couple of the things that I've heard. Even adults have told me stuff they've gone through in the past or even the things that they're currently going through. Workplace bullying is a thing. Um, mm-hmm. What else? Even home bullying where a child has said, I, I don't know if I would say that I have, that students have directly told me these experiences as much as they told me just straight up in school things. But then again, I've spoken in front of thousands of students, so there's a lot of stories I've heard. But, like, basically, there's at-home bullying, too, where maybe an older sibling is hurting the younger sibling or something like that. Mm. So I would say there's definitely a couple of different types of things that I've heard. I know I've definitely heard all four of the types of bullying that I have, that I speak about, cyber, physical, verbal, and social. There's always some story relating to that, and then there's the types of bullying that's under those types of bullying, racial, sexual, uh, like there's so many different types. But those are kind of like the things that I've heard. You'd be surprised the amount of things that children, like, know. Like, even when I'm reading my book to a bunch of third graders, they immediately were like, that's racism. I'm like, oh, my gosh. They really, like, they, and they wasn't even them trying to joke or anything. It was them actually able to correctly identify someone sure. who is a person. These are the times that I appreciate them being able to understand that. But it's just sad mm-hmm. how this still a thing. Like, you know, like, this is, but I don't think it'll, unfortunately, ever, oh, my God, I'm kind of arm rippling. Unfortunately, I don't think that this will ever really end, but I think that we can definitely work towards lessening the amount of hate that happens in this world. Well, I think, like you said at the very beginning, you know, social media has its good good news and its bad news. And I like to think of it as I like to appreciate it from the good news because obviously it's an important part of what I do because I use social media to get the word out about 
our podcasts and other podcasts. But I think, you know, if if you um, cover up and you just hide, tell anybody, you're you're suffering. And I I think that that's so sad, and um, and nobody wants to know about that. So how how can parents and schools work together to prevent bullying? What would you recommend? This is a great question. There's a couple of things I would recommend. I would definitely recommend, um, like, if a parent is seeing that, like, the school is just straight up not even acknowledging or just not talking about it at all, even if there is no, like, big bullying uh, situation that happened, I think parents mm-hmm. should still go to the school and talk about effective ways to implement anti-bullying education in schools, whether that be anti-bullying um like make it required to have anti-bullying presenters that are closer to the children's age, like as, mm-hmm. as close as you can get, like me, to the children's age so that the child feels like they can actually relate to the person. Um, have those types of people come in um, with the school, have anti-bullying um, clubs, have anti-bullying videos played, and then have an open conversation with it. Have I know in a assembly that as far as the speaker coming in an assembly i feel like that's effective but only to a certain extent when it comes to assemblies that's like the whole school right we i think it's a lot easier to not easier it's a bit more one-on-one when it's a smaller classroom i remember whenever Mm -hmm. i go to or for one example when i was speaking to the classes of fifth graders I was going to, I think it was like four different classes, but they were all fifth graders, and it was a smaller amount as opposed to having all of their fifth grade class all together. They was able to mm-hmm. comfort, feel comfortable, ask me questions. Compared to when I had a bigger class, like very large class, it was like all of the third graders. And they was luckily very able and open to talking to me about what was going on. But not everyone was compared to literally everyone raising their hand when I was doing the smaller classes individually. So it's like there's sure. a couple of things, but parents can effectively be a part of that positive change. And, like, also, what else? So there's one more thing I was going to say. Oh, teachers need to really be open to hearing what the parents are saying, or teachers and school staff, what the parents are saying um, that their child is going through, what the child is, like, really, like, what's actually happening. This is mm-hmm. what needs to be talked about. This is what needs to be really shared. This is what really needs to be heard. Having these open and safe spaces, that is a necessity. That is a necessity. You know, it's it's interesting, Devin. I'm just, it's been a long time since I've been on an elementary school campus. But, you know, it's not just the classroom, is it? It could be the schoolyard. It could be the cafeteria. It could be standing in line to catch the bus to go home. It could be in so many different locations, right, where parents aren't around to even know that this is going on, but maybe the cafeteria worker is, and that cafeteria worker needs to notify somebody. Uh, would, Would you say that it's very important for people to speak up? Oh, yes, of course. I definitely would. Literally... That's why I call it race to speak up. That's why I call it Devin speaks up. I think it's important to speak up in any anything that is happening. Whether you're mm-hmm. that, whether it is if you're that lunch lady that sees that Johnny keeps getting bullied by these three boys, 
or Melissa keeps getting bullied by that one girl that's bigger than her, or that librarian that is seeing such and such is happening in their library. It's important to speak up no matter what, who you are, because then you can be an upstander in that case. But it is always important to speak up. Know that your voice is something that needs to be heard, needs to be understood, it needs to really be, like, just straight up overall listened to, actually, yeah, just straight up and overall listened to. And then we need to do Absolutely. something effective about it. So you mentioned your book, and I just, I, I don't know how, I don't know when you find time to sleep, but, um, so you wrote <laughs> your book a, a couple, a, a year and a half ago or whatever, because we're just at the very beginning of 24, and the name of that book is Devin Speaks Up. So tell us about your book. Who's it designed yeah. for? Who? How, tell us about it. Yeah, so, okay, so I really, for a while, so when I was 17, I guess was, oh, wait, first. I've always been a writer. I've always been a writer. When I was 17 was when I really was like, okay, I've been in this anti-bullying journey for a long while, and I really want to, like, as I'm fully going over all of my workshops and things, I also want to make sure that I give students a tool that they can just very easily bring into their communities, you know, educate themselves, educate others, but also their parents can give to their child, and then they can have an open conversation. Grandparents, I know grandparents tend to love uh, reading books to their grandchildren. That'll be another thing that they can do. So I wanted to give students a tool that they can bring into their own environment and read and learn from and also introduce new vocabulary. I also wanted the mm-hmm. book to look very diverse because when I was younger, I went to a predominantly white middle school. That was where I was bullied. I did not see diversity. They had the same three black authors, and even then they weren't educating us correctly about those authors, or at least not enough. So I wanted to make sure that the book screamed diversity. It screamed, hey, I look at the cover, I see a kid that looks like me, and the unity heart, and they're all holding hands. Oh, this person looks like me. They look like my friend. They look my, like my cousin or even my mom. Like they look like these things and how they see like there's different types of people, and it represents how we're all different types of people. I wanted mm-hmm. to show all of that within the book, and I wanted to make sure that it correctly and effectively um, speaks about bullying, speaks about supporting each other. So then I started writing my ideas down, and then I was like, okay, you know what, let's really go over this, went over it, got the publishing company, got the illustrations, then Devin Speaks Up was born, and yeah. Mm. Isn't that great? So you had you worked with an illustrator, I'm sure, right? Because I would imagine yeah. there are pictures in this book. Uh, it's I just you are a marvel, my friend. I can't think of a better guest to start off the new year. So can you dive a little bit deeper into what inspired you to write it? People are what inspired me to write it. People who are going through bullying. People who, when they were growing up, they didn't see books that were. Um, with kids that look like them because, oh, okay, I go to this predominantly whatever school and they're not showing me kids that look like my black self or Hispanic person Mm -hmm. or uh, religious person or different culture person. Like, you know, I wanted to make sure that I gave that to students as well. So that's really what, so young people are what inspired me. And I'm saying young people as if I'm some, like, really, like, way older person when I'm only 19. (laughs) But young people are what inspired me. People my age are what inspired me to do that. I think we are some unique, 
beautiful individuals, and we need to support each other and grow with each other. So then I was like, you know what, it's time. So then I just wrote it. Mm-hmm. So then I just wrote it, and then and then I got it officially published, all that. And then then now we're here over a year later. Now in 2024, so over a year later, and continuing on this anti-bullying journey. Only now I'm a college student. I also do workshops, so I'm going to different states to speak, as well as the Devin Speaks Up book readings. So, yeah. I think this is great. How long did it take you to write it, Devin? Um, I'm trying to think, because people ask me that, and then I'm just like, I feel like I'm giving them the wrong timeline. It, it was like, it was definitely probably around seven months to officially sit down and then start doing it. And mm-hmm. then, like, I was like, okay, once I found a couple of things, then really getting it to be processed and published, that was a bit quicker than the actual writing process. Sure. So, but, yeah, that's around seven months. Did you – are you a journal person by nature? Do you – are you a person that writes things down? I have so many authors that have different styles of, of writing. Did you sit at the computer and just start pounding away at the keyboard? Did you longhand it into a notebook? How did you? What was your process like? Well, it was definitely typing, literally. And literally, it was just me writing down all my ideas all at once and then kind of going from there. And so, yeah, it was just sitting mm-hmm. down. Like, I'm the type of person that when I feel really passionate about, like, telling a story, like, beyond my organization, I mean, just, like, writing-wise, I will write it down. I... Not many people know this about me. In fact, even people at my college don't really know this about me, but I love poetry. I always am writing oh. poetry, but I don't hmm. I don't really say it because I don't really want to share it with people. <laughs> <I'm so laughs> well, guess people. what, honey? <laughs> oh, man. But, like, funny. literally, I just, I just, of course, I'll always share my books, though, with people. Mm-hmm. But, um, so I'm, I'm definitely a writer by nature. I definitely got that from my mom because she... She's a writer too, so I guess I kind of inherited oh. that. But also, actually, yeah, that's my mom's side of the family is writers, so maybe that kind of runs in the family. But basically, when it comes to that, I just I really am the type of person to just sit down and kind of journal and just go on my computer and just type away. Nice, nice. You know, I think that there's there is that influence there. If you saw your mom doing that, that's no different than um, the kid that grows up because. Like my brother, that's father, my dad, was a golfer, you know, and so my brother saw my dad with the golf bag and would go to the to the and to the course and or go to the range or something like that. So sometimes we do mimic some of the things that we see because it's just how it works. But I'm looking at your website, and you have this mission that says educate youth about bullying prevention. Mm-hmm and empower them to be upstanders. Now, you had mentioned upstander before. I even know that that on one of your workshops you even have a pledge. I'm not familiar with what the term or how you mean the word upstander. So for those of us that are listening and wondering about that, could you go into what that means precisely? Yes, an upstander is someone who helps and supports the target of bullying. So they would be there for them when they're going through that bullying, when they're being hurt, when they're being hated on. They're going to give a, a hand. They'll say, you know what, I'm the, I don't know, maybe I don't even know what's going on, but I know that you're a human being. I know that 
you need to be supported in this situation. Maybe you're uncomfortable going up and speaking to the teacher or the parent about it. So I'll be with you so that you feel more comfortable and I'll go up with you and I'll help you. Those are the types of things a black, uh, upstander, I mean, would do. They are there to, at the end of the day, support. They'll even be like, you know what, let me give you a hug because I know you're feeling a lot of different emotions right now. I know mm-hmm. that you are clearly upset, and I really would love to help and support you. So that is, uh, those are the types of things of what an upstander is. And um, overall, I feel like a lot of people really can be an upstander as long as they look more on the side of we are all human beings. Let's recognize that. We could go far and really understand that we all are human beings that should be treated with self. But upstanders will be that person, will be that person to help. I, I, you drew a mental picture in my mind by putting my hand out and, and extending my hand to somebody that I recognize may need it. And I, I think that that is, that's a, uh, is that is that a is that a book? If I was to look that up in the dictionary, would that be in the dictionary, or is this a word that you've put together because it's so meaningful to you? Actually, this is, I definitely did not create this word. I guess okay. it would be in the dictionary, but honestly, most people don't know. Most people have never heard of it. Most people don't know what it is. Most people haven't uh-huh. even heard of the word bystander intervention, which is basically very similar. Um, but oh. uh, because not people know about it, a very simple and easy way to learn about um, how to support each other is through being an upstander. So I make sure I, like, talk about that with um, Devin Speaks Up, because I know you were referring to, like, um, upstander pledge or something you said earlier. So I have my upstander crew pledge, which basically after my Devin Speaks Up book reading, it's just a card that I give out to students, but the card has a lot of meaning. That upstander crew pledge is kids pledging to be a part of that positive change to put into bullying. When after reading Devin Speaks Up, along with Devin, you know, myself, after they reading it with each other and all of us, they are going to repeat after me, repeat that upstander uh, pledge and say, you know what, now I'm going to support um, my friend. I'm going to even support myself. I'm going to support as many as I can. That's so, yeah, great. that's what upstanders do. Do you ever, um, I'm thinking about um, areas um, where you could present. Have you spoke to the Boy Scouts and the Girl Scouts about this? Not yet. I know that's definitely another organization I mm-hmm. should speak to. But, I mean, I could still grow uh-huh. I mean, yeah. I mean, okay. Yeah. So I know that's definitely another organization that would be great to speak to. I mm-hmm. um, I feel like... I'm definitely still growing as a company, even as a person, even if I've, even though I'm someone who's spoken in front of thousands of students. But, like, right. that's definitely another good one to speak um, to. Um, but, yeah, so, I don't know. I, just, I speak I, in front of a lot of people. <laughs> I, I bet you do. I bet you do. And, you know, I'm, I'm, I've, like I said, I have your website up in front of me where you're you're talking about your workshops and your presentations because my guess is that somebody could be listening to this right now saying, well, this is great, except he's in Maryland and I'm in Arizona. How's that going to help me and my students? But you can can do that, can't you? Oh, yeah, I can. I mean, 
if it comes to if they're because I'm literally spoken in front of other states, both virtually and in person. If it's virtual, that's easy because it's just me speaking online. Although it's never really as effective as being in person because it's sure. harder. It's hard to listen. But when it comes to in person, I mean, organizations have had it where I've been able to travel. Like they've been able to fly me out to different like and I'm the purpose of me doing my organization is not for me to be flown out the purpose of my organization is for me to help others it's just that's just another part of it like it's also a good opportunity to do that but I have been able to speak in front of different and in different states I mean just like just uh oh wait we're in January now but like in just in November I was in Chicago and then after that, I came back to Maryland, took a test, and then right after that, I had to go to Atlanta, Georgia, to speak at another mm. organization. So there was a couple of different there's a couple of different areas that I've been. Um, but yeah, you know, I'd be out there a little bit. I'd be out there a little bit. <laughs> and you know, let me ask you another question: um, Is there a nonprofit attached to what you do? Are you a 501c3 as well? Race to Speak Up is a nonprofit, so it is a 501c3. Or Race to Speak Up is right. short to Race to Speak Incorporated, but like, yeah, so it is. Good, that's good. I, I think that that I think that that's wonderful. I'm I'm such a proponent of the 501c3s. That's great. You know, you were talking about um, um, the um, upstanders and all of that, and I would guess that you would feel that they are really incredibly important in this process. Is that right? Wait, I'm sorry. Can you, re- can you repeat what you yeah, said? What are I'm, you saying what I'm, are upstanders? I would say that upstanders um, are extremely important in what you do. Oh, yes, yes, I, definitely. They're very important. There's someone who I feel like they're honestly very vital too because they're the ones that can kind of help make others see the change in the world. Mm-hmm. I think that important to have just that one person or that multiple people that can help you when you're going through bullying. Upstanders are very, definitely very important. And can upstanders be peers as well as adults? Upstanders can be anyone that supports. Okay. It can literally be anyone that supports and helps the target of bullying. It can be anyone that really wants to get something effectively um, done that puts in, uh, or at least at the bare minimum, prevent this bullying. So yeah, I think I think that's great, and I like the fact I, I'm I'm looking at your um, page where you um, have author readings, and you know, does it ever happen, uh, Devin, where perhaps when you're doing a reading, that children and their parents might be there? Oh yeah, of course. Literally last week, I was having a Devin Lisa book reading at a library, and they was very young, so all their uh, parents were there. But yeah, definitely, there's been multiple times where parents have been there. But as far as my bigger, like the Devin Lisa book assemblies, those ones are mainly mm-hmm. at school, so it's really just the teachers, counselor, and principal, and then the students themselves. But literally, it's always even with my workshops, I've had it where it's been only students. I've had it where it's been different types, different ages of students, and then I've also mm-hmm. had students with their parents. So with the students with their parents, that's always interesting, too, because sometimes the parents are like, oh, I didn't even realize my child was going through something until that right. day. It's, it's interesting. I have a really good friend that teaches kindergarten, 
and where I live here. And when I have a show like this that is so impactful, you know, um, I, I think it's important for those that are listening that may have, you know, an avenue of education in their background to take advantage and not be dissuaded by the fact that you don't live locally, that you can do some of these things virtually. And I, I think that that's, that's terrific. And I think, I would think that you would say that this is, makes a pretty impactful experience on these young people, would you say? Oh, yes, of course. I mean, even when afterwards they reach out to me on social media, sometimes on email, like the students themselves, sometimes on email, or whatever the case is, and they're saying, Devin, you know, you helped me. That, Like I said before, that brings a warmth to my heart. But it's just sure. being able to 100% know that, like, I have done something effective in their communities or even their counselors, their school staff telling me afterwards about what the students are telling them and how they really appreciate my coming to their schools. I mean, even I remember there was this one time we was able to donate. Um, that was, I think that one was the one with 500 copies of Devin Speaks Up Books, their school at uh, high school. It was uh, in Chicago, a college preparatory school, George Westinghouse. And basically they were saying, Devin, it's been months later and the students are still talking about you. Wow. I love to hear that. It kind of also, of me, being, me being my 19-year-old self, I'm like, oh, I'm famous now. <laughs> but still, <laughs> at, the day, at the end of the day, I'm happy that I'm able to create a positive change. You bet. And I know, I mean, that's going to happen 15 minutes from now because – you're also associated with an organization called Humanity Rising, aren't you? Oh, yes, definitely. That's another organization, Humanity Rising. Um, so that's the organization that has really helped me, played a really big factor in getting my voice out there, a race to speak up out there, speaking in front of more companies and schools. Um, that was the organization, actually, that I was able to like work with to speak at George Westinghouse too. So that was pretty cool. But I oh, worked yeah. as their, I was there. I officially used to work as their program director, but that still is technically my title. And then also I'm a Humanity <laughs> Rising ambassador. Regardless, I'm always, I love Debbie. She's the founder of Humanity Rising. I love the team. It's all about um, creating, or it's a youth-led movement to create a better world through service. So it's all about young people. It's all about giving youth a platform to shine. You, you know, I, I'm, I because we physically are not seeing each other as we're speaking, but I'm, I'm just thinking about platforms when you mention that word. Have you ever had the good fortune of maybe being on one of your local TV news stations? Oh yes. Yeah. So there was a lot of times actually. So when really? I was first going to bullying. All the news, I guess this is just, like, because of news. So once the story got out there, once one of, once my story got out there on one thing, all of a sudden a lot of the different news, uh, like radio stations, the news outlets, mm-hmm. the, like, on TV, as, mainly on TV, but also radio stations, but they were all reaching out to me, and they wanted to have me on their, uh, their like, shows or their episodes. So, like, um, for example... A lot of, like, Newsday was on me, was, was covering that story where I was going through mm-hmm. bullying. And then mm-hmm. also, it was, like, updates. 
so here's what Devin is doing now, the anti-bullying. Right. And I was able to go, either go back or it was my first time going on there, and I was talking about the bullying that I went through and then the anti-bullying. Right. That I'm, so right. I've been on TV a lot. Actually, I've been on TV a, a, a lot, but, like, it's not that I'm doing it for, you know, oh, because I want to just be famous or something. No, it's because right. I no. want a positive, to get the I message. to make a positive change, you know? Yeah. You bet. Me, get out you the bet. message out there. Where, where do you see yourself in five years? Running for president? Five, I'm just kidding. You know, everyone tells me that. <laughs> but, uh, well. I would say, I would say... That would be that, so. I would be 24 around that time. I would be mm-hmm. definitely one. I would be a lot closer to officially becoming a psychologist. I think mm-hmm. as of right now, and of course, everyone, this can change. Like I am a human, this can possibly change. But as of <laughs> right now, I would like to be a psychologist mm-hmm. so that I can really work from a mental health professional's perspective, help young, help students, help adults help as many as I can and then like I think that's just the job that really I would really like because even right now I'm in college I'm majoring in psychology so I'm like and it's been something I really like I know it's definitely hard because oh my goodness there's a lot of terms but there's a lot to understand but it's always been something that I've been interested in because of race to speak up and because I want to help mental health I want to help as many as I can you know, it's interesting. Um, I think there's a lot of injured parties in this discussion, um, and I think that being a psychologist would would you'd be so ideal in that subject. And I suspect that there could be um, some guilt-ridden parents that was like, "How did how did I miss? How did I not know that was going on?" Or a sibling, "Why didn't I ever tell mom? Why didn't I ever tell dad?" You know, not just the bully, but you know, I, there's a lot of people that are on that food chain, isn't there? Yeah. I mean, it's understandable why someone may not want to tell um, their parent or their trusted, their loved one, because uh, you're scared. That makes sense mm-hmm. to be scared. Bullying is not something that's easy to go through. That hate, that trauma, that unwanted aggressive behavior, that mm-hmm. is something that is not easy to go through, go through. And, I mean, for the students that are really scared but aren't even shy and, like, could speak up and, like, are not shy, like, not that it's, like, always a case of being shy when you can't speak up. No. What I'm saying is for the ones that happen to be more inclined to speaking up naturally but don't speak up, they may have an understanding that when it comes to maybe in their environment, their school environment, or just in school environments in general, um, the the environment or their community might make the target to be um, make them look like as though they're the perpetrator, make them look as though they're the one at fault. Sure. And unfortunately, that happens a lot. That's why I think there needs to be education like like years ago, correct education mm-hmm. about this, so that we have so that we understand like okay, if at a school a student is telling me that, okay, they keep harassing you every time I go in the bathroom. You don't downplay the situation. No, you say, I'm terrified, and I'm going to help you right now because how is this even happening? And especially in, mm-hmm. in like, a school environment, no. That's supposed to be a place where parents feel calm enough and 
happy enough to send their child to learn. And when you're going to bullying, I mean, excuse me, oh, my gosh, when you're going to school, that's the thing that you should be doing is learning, not being right. Right. Yeah, it's it's um it's a it's it's dramatic. And, and like I said, I mean just this week it, it was made national news. Um is there when you think about I mean, you're only 19 and I say that like like that's a bad thing. Well, you are that's your age. Is there a dream person that you would love to work with on your anti-bullying journey? Oh. That's a really good question. Um, I don't really know, actually, now that I think about it, because, like, of course, when it comes to the people that I've already worked with or am working with, it's more mm-hmm. of just, like, it's more of, like, either I'm putting connection with them or I do my research of, like, things in general, and then I come across them, and I really admire what they're doing, and then I reach out. I'm not sure. I know the ideal type of person. I just... I don't know, like, it's hard for, for some reason my mind is blinking. Like, I'm not able to okay. think about someone right now. But well, I know my ideal type of person is someone that definitely has a lot. Like, when they say something, it goes. So mm-hmm. when I work with them and I'm trying to help more people, it goes. And it'll go far. It will. That's the type of person. When you, when you think about affirmations, which is something that's important to me in my life is being grateful and appreciative and kind and all of those words that that are I, I don't just say those just to be polite. But when you think about um positive affirmations, what what would be one of the favorite ones that you go to? Really very simple. It is mm-hmm. literally just I am smart or I am intelligent intelligent. I always love saying that because it just, like, that's so empowering. Like, saying, yeah, I'm smart. I, I know at least a little bit, you know. That makes me mm-hmm. feel empowered in myself. Mm-hmm. And also, I am beautiful or I am handsome. As When a child says that, because I know with my positive affirmations activities, when I'm having students say something and then repeat after, like, the whole class repeats after them, sometimes it's thought the child doesn't really, like, know what to say or, like, they get mm-hmm. up there and then they get nervous and get what they're about to say. So I always just refer back to the simple ones, like I am intelligent, I am smart, I am beautiful, I am handsome. Or even sometimes some kids would be like, I am great at math. So I always love those, like, cuter ones uh-huh. because it's like, okay, that's more specific. So, But those yes. are the ones that I kind of refer more to. I like, I like adding I am kind. And, and I would add yeah. this to it. Starting with myself. Think yeah, about that. It, it is because um, it's pretty hard to be kind to others if you don't know how to be kind to yourself. Well, nobody's perfect. Um, but if your motivation in life is to be a kind and grateful person and not being a bully and not, you know, overshadowing somebody else because you think they're stupid or you think whatever they are that that makes you better in in many ways that that defeats I am kind because you're not and uh, I think that but I so I think I think that would be kind of a cool thing maybe you even do this do you ever have like when you go and speak at a school do you ever have the students stand up and say 
I am smart and as a group? Have you ever had that kind of group dynamics that way? Oh, yeah. Oh, maybe I didn't explain myself correctly, but that's exactly what I deal with the positive affirmations oh. activities. Like they're repeating after each other, and then they're also saying it all together. I get it. Oh, that's great. That That's really good. And, you know, those kids um, – I mean, you're the expert in this field. I, I, I'm just, I'm just adding on that comes what comes to my mind, um, and I'm thinking that, I, I think that journal writing. While I know the kids are forever in front of their phones, and you know what? Let's face it. So am I. I, I mean, we all, we all use these devices in our own ways, but I just wonder if journaling um, is another way of getting something out of your heart and onto the piece of paper. Do you ever recommend that to kids that feel like they're being bullied? Yes. In fact, actually, I actually want to, there's a couple of different things with that. Journaling definitely helps people get um, emotions out, helps them get their wording together. But also, there's where students don't really know how to, they just don't really know what they would want to say sometimes. Mm-hmm. So readily kind of helps them. Or also there may be times where a student doesn't really even want to just say anything at all, but they just want right. they would rather, like if a parent is saying, tell me what's going on, and the student doesn't want to, or the child doesn't want to tell them, they may literally just write it down. And then right. like, so that's, the parent, that's a bit easier than saying like aloud, um, I'm going through bullying because if you say it aloud, it's kind of more real feeling, even though mm-hmm. in general it's real, but it just feels more real to directly say it. Sure. Well, we just have a couple moments left because you are Mr. Busy Man, and and you're, and the word is not busy. The word is productive. I had a millennial correct me about that. I keep remembering. I keep forgetting <laughs> to say productive and not busy. But I know you have something that you're going to do at the top of the hour. But before we say goodbye, perhaps you could just encapsulate what you're the most grateful for and thankful for. I would say I'm the most grateful and thankful for all the support that I have and have gotten over the last year or these years of me doing Race to Speak Up and Devin Speaks Up. I'm very happy and thankful for all the support. I bet you are. So tell tell everybody what you're going to do next. What, what's what's up? What's on next on your agenda as we say goodbye? What are you doing now? Oh uh, well, I mean today alone has just been a lot because I also am going to try. <laughs> with my speaking up live stream that's just something i do on social media as like a catch-up on what i'm currently doing later today Mm -hmm. i have a a virtual anti-bullying presentation for adults this week i have a devon speaks up book assembly last week i had a devon speaks up uh book reading and then i also had a virtual anti-bullying presentation for adults as well so like every week is kind of something but, like, mm-hmm. and then beyond that, just, like, I'm kind of getting ready to go back to school. But that's a sure. whole other topic. Oh, so. Sure. <laughs> for, for, another, for another podcast. But what I'm going to say to you now is what I mean so sincerely. Thank you. Thank you for joining me. Thank you for sharing your story. And thank you for making a difference in families that you may never know how you help them. You may, you may never know it, but you have. And I just want to wish you all the best in this new year. 
and I'm going to be thinking about connections that I might have that could help you get the word out to others as well. So, Devin, thank you. Thank you for joining me. I'm grateful. Thank you. Thank you so much. And you have a you have a great new year. I there's the world is opening up to you, my friend. And everyone, I'm going to wish you all a happy new year. I'm delighted to see that my podcast worked today for the full hour. I can't even describe the 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 anxiety that I had coming into this show. So that's something that I'm grateful for. So have a great day, everybody. I'm gonna let Devin get on with his day and I'll see you next week. Bye for now, everyone. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.